All right. Welcome back to the Melon and Me podcast. Hey, y'all. What is going It's Well, I was going to say, what is going on? I still have a heavy heart that we'll get into, but hi, everybody. We're back. Yeah. Live. We are. Well, yeah, we're live. They're not going to hear it live. We're live and we are alive. <laughs> yeah, we're not live, yeah, live, but live. yeah. Yes, we're hopping on here. It's a bit earlier than we usually do. This is um, a special dedicated episode that we felt like we had to uh, hop on here and express our thoughts about Kobe Bryant's unfortunate uh, passing. Yeah. Just shocking him and his daughter, as well as, you know, um, I believe seven other people that were on that helicopter with him. So, yeah. Real, real, real life game changer right there. Um, where were you when you found out? I mean, I know you were getting ready for the Grammys and all of those sorts of things, but like, where were you in that? Cause I feel like this type of incident, you remember what you were doing, where you were at, how you, yeah. felt, like, you know what I mean? Like what? So you were getting prepped for the Grammys. Yeah, girl. I was already like kind of in panic mode because I was um, running behind. Um, I had like had to go get my eyebrows done and all types like I was just running behind so when I started doing my hair and my makeup I literally just like turned my phone upside down I was listening to music I wasn't trying to even touch my phone Um, so I didn't see all the text messages that had came through but I was in it was a group chat that I was in and when I picked my phone up finally dressed about to walk out the house it was literally like 40 messages in the group chat and then three other people had texted me. And the first person I, um, my friend from out of town, she was actually in LA this weekend. So hers was the first text I had opened and it was just like, Oh my God, did you see what happened to Kobe? He died. It's him and his daughters died in a, in a plane crash. She said his daughters, plural. And I was like, that's because everybody had thought that there were, had been all these rumors that it was allegedly all his daughters for a, for a little minute. We all thought, okay, girl, it was just surreal. And I like stopped for a second. Cause it just knocked the breath out of me. And I was just like, what? And I was like shaking a little bit. I was just, it was just shocking. And then for me to be in LA and I already know so many people are, are in town right now for the Grammys and I'm like excited and, you know, already. And then it just like all that just crashed. I mean, it's minuscule in comparison to someone's life, but it's just like, it, it really just shook me. I wasn't expecting that. Like that was like the last thing I was expecting. So it was just crazy. And then I think I text you, I text you and like two other people like immediately. And I called my mom on the way to, um, the Grammys. Yeah. I, um, my sister and I, my mom, we went to Atlanta Sunday and, um, around, I don't know, two Eastern time, which would have been, well, it might've been around two thirty Eastern time, which would have been what, um, 1130 Pacific time. Yeah. My husband texted me and was like, well, what happened was I looked at my phone and you know, before you open up a text message, if you send me two text messages and I open up the feed of the text messages, I'm going to see like the last line before I yeah, open it. Exactly. So the last line of the text, me- of one of the text messages was 
I'm not sure if this is true. I'm trying to find more um, like articles. And I was like, I immediately was like, I already knew somebody died. And I just was oh. like, I'm scared to open it up. I'm, you know, like, so I, my, my, my heart just already, cause I'm in anticipation of someone dying. Oh. So I open it up and sure enough, it was Kobe. And he was like, you know, I, I'm not sure I haven't really seen anything, you know, I'm trying to find more articles and more news. And so I immediately went into like, detective mode and I saw TMZ that was the first thing that I saw I actually went to TMZ because I feel like TMZ is very um they're always on the scene I don't know how they always yeah, get I feel we'll, like there's some we'll kind get of to that we'll get to that right part. exactly but so yeah. it's it's sad that like immediately I didn't think to go to CNN or um like Fox yeah. News or something I went to TMZ, TMZ or Shade Room gonna or have Shade Room <laughs> Yes. So, and I saw this big article and I was like, oh my God. So then I was like, okay, TMZ still is TMZ. Let me see if it's. And so I told my mom and my sister and my mom, she's just like, oh my God. My sister's like, oh my God. And sure enough, it was true. And the thing about it is TMZ is never wrong. Like they're never wrong. They're never <laughs> wrong. And the day they are wrong, it's going to fuck up their whole reputation. Like yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's sickening how it they is. just know things before mainstream media because cnn and all them they're going through checks and balances and shit cnn didn't even post because i know my sister when she finally saw it on cnn she was like okay because my sister didn't even believe tmz she was like and i was like and i believe tmz because like you said they're never wrong so for me i had already made in my mind that he was dead i didn't need to see it anywhere else i just needed to see more people talk about it yeah and then um so cnn didn't even post it for like another 15 minutes after i saw it on tmz so it just goes to show that like they were still TMZ had been put out this information where all these other news channels that were significant and of validity took time to do it. So yeah, nonetheless, and you know, in Atlanta, we were at Papado's and the oh, spirit, you just saw the spirit really of everyone. Everyone was in their phones and you know, it, it was crazy. It was just crazy. And I, yeah. I was affected. I was impacted um, in ways that I felt like we, you know, we just lost Nipsey less than oh. a year ago. We haven't even really gotten through that. I'm not going to say get over because you never really get over anything. Oh. You just kind of get through it. So we're still getting through Nipsey and then here Kobe and then in both the same city on the night of the Grammys in the Staples Center, like it just was overwhelming. It was overwhelming to the fact where it just didn't seem real. Like it just, it still almost doesn't feel real, but just the dramatics of like, like you said, the Grammy night and all of that. And then like, literally I find out about this man's death within 15 minutes. I'm in downtown Los Angeles, smack dab at the Staples Center. I'm outside waiting to get into the Grammys. There's pictures of him coming up, shrines, crying fans, flowers. Like it was so much for me to process in 15, 10 minutes. I'm just like, what's going on? Like, this is just insane to me, you know? And I had called my mom and told her and she didn't even know. She said she had, well, she knew about Kobe dying, but she didn't know about his daughter being on the flight. So it was just, it was like, boom, boom. It was just layer after layer of bad news, you know, just like, what? This is And not only was it layer of bad news, it was like, you were engulfed in it. Like you, like for us, we were, we're at, we're in Nashville, we're in Georgia. We're in all these places looking through our phones and media. You're actually at 
girl. You're in spaces at that moment where, you know what I'm saying? So I can only imagine, unfortunately, and and I'll own this on my part, you know, I had been so excited and I know you've been excited about the Grammys, but I had been so excited that you were attending the Grammys and us actually on our next podcast talking about the experience, like red carpet, who'd you see? Did you mingle? Did you, and the night that he, or the day that he died or whatever, I'm looking at your stories because I'm like, oh my God, Whitney's there. What is she seeing? Like, what is she seeing? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm looking at it instead of looking at like how your experience was, I'm looking like, okay, what are you seeing like live? Do you know what I'm saying? As well as looking at everything else. It was, So it was definitely, it definitely changed the entire energy of everything. But what I have to say that whole day, because I got up early that morning to go, like I said, get my eyebrows done and run a few more errands that I had to do. And um, it was a gloomy day in LA. It was cold. Everybody's been saying that who it lives in LA. Dark. They it all was said that. Cloudy. It was um because I was debating. I was like, oh should I wear a, wear a jacket? Should I not wear a jacket? And then that morning I was like, it's so damn cold and gloomy. I'm wearing my little fur coat, you know? And I was just so stunned by the circumstances of him being in a helicopter, especially just being in the city that day and seeing just how cloudy, I thought it may rain possibly. Like it was just not a good weather day at all in LA. So it's just like, it further just confused me. Like, why was this even occurring? Like, I just don't get it, you know? Um, it was just too much. And then let's just talk about like the power of social media because it's like when this shit drops like we get in three four five different versions of the story and it's just like that even plays more on like your emotions and your reactions like people become even more invested because things are changing every minute by the minute and everybody has access to this information so it's just like a roller coaster emotions with everything because they had said um, somebody in the group chat was like, I think Rick Fox was on the plane. Mm-hmm. And then somebody was like, yeah, I think two, two of his daughter, two or three of his daughters was on the plane. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? Like, this is just, bananas. Just, it was just bananas. too much. Oh, and then they said five people were on the helicopter and then it became nine people were was, on the helicopter. Yeah, seven and nine. And I, I'm just like, what's happening? I didn't, when I heard nine, I was just like, well, what helicopter is nine is a lot of people. Like I just nine is a hell of a lot of people. The helicopter I was on, it could be a smooth three, four people, four people at the max. So see, and helicopters are very popular in LA. Like I've had a few friends who have suggested, oh, do you want to go on helicopter rides to Catalina and all this? And I'm doing this for my birthday. And I'm just like, no, like, I don't fuck with none of that air bound <laughs> shit unless I have to get from to and fro, like that's it and that's all but people do that leisurely here so of course if you're a multimillionaire, I'm sure you know riding and they said he had been riding this helicopter for decades so yeah and a lot of the reason why he came out and we posted on our podcast was because you know there's been jerks and assholes that have said you know why would he take a house? This is what you get when you have a lot of money and you start doing that. And it's like, no, like he's had this helicopter for 20 years, damn near 20 years. He came out and he has said that it allowed him to be with his family, you know? So it wasn't leisure. It wasn't like, you know, it was literally, I get up at 3am, I work out, 
I get back at 6 a.m. so I can take the kids to school. Yeah. Then I go to practice all these hours. Then I take the helicopter back home so I can go and pick up my kids, even though my wife is like, no, I'll pick up the kids. He's like, no, this, I got this. I want to do this. So it, it enabled him to be in two spaces and do what he needed to do really well, which was be a father and a good player. And so, you know, honestly, again, that just makes it that much more sad you know it does like, it does this literally so that he could be closer to his family yes spend more time with his family i mean like, think this- about it he took the helicopter to go to basketball practice you know Girl. to cut through like it's he died doing what he loved to do which was to be a dad you know and, and, it, and it showed what came first like i was telling my coworker today i was like Kobe Bryant could have retired and did anything he wanted to do. He could have been on Sports Center. He could have been coaching college or assistant coach in fucking NBA. He could have literally did whatever he wanted to do. And that man wanted to build up a foundation and a system, a team for young female athletes because his daughters were young female athletes. Yes. Like that shows the dedication of this man and what was truly important to him. Exactly. Like amazing and it's just like it really pisses me off that there's deadbeat dads out here living till they're 98 years old and then we have an amazing father of four kids who devoted his whole life and he gets taken out so young he has all these kids who he would have been there till their dying day and it's just like life is so fucking unfair life is unfair and also yeah and I think the also to add to (sighs) all of that um I I really felt touch and even more like shit because I'm like you know it just makes you feel even more like gosh like even more bad or sad or whatever the emotion is you're in that in within your when when you're going through it but I was talking to my family and I was like listen he spent all his life dedicated to this game right and he did things really well he was disciplined he was committed he was consistent obviously and then the minute he wants to retire And, you know, and the thing about it is when you are a basketball player, any, well, and I don't even want to say sports, but if we're speaking specifically to him, you know, he sacrificed a lot. Vanessa, his family sacrificed a lot by not having him there as much as he, you know, so at this point when he's retired, it's like, oh my God, we finally get to be a family. We finally get to, you know, be kind of regular a little bit. And then three and a half years later, you die and you don't even really get to enjoy all your sacrifice that you've made for your family, for the fans, for all these other people. Like, I'm like, golly, like, uh, it just breaks my heart. Cause I'm like, what is the fucking point? Like, what is the point? Why give, and he, his body, they said, and another reason he took a helicopter, he said too, was so that he could feel refreshed. He can't be in a, he can't be in a car longer than two hours. His, his hands, they said his body, like his body was fucked up after 20 years, his hands, his shoulders, his legs, you know? So when he wants to go somewhere, you know, to actually sit, he's not trying to sit in a car for an hour and a half, two hours, then also sit in the game for three hours. It, it just, it, it, it just, it, it's so sad. And I know football players go through the same thing where they invest their bodies and they're banged up and all these things. Um, but I, I, you know, tonight we're speaking about Kobe and those families. It's just, it breaks my heart every, in every way. In the more details that I find out, he crashed at the, at the rate of the speed that he did. So I'm thinking like, okay, oh my God, like, it's just, it's too much. And I almost, 
if we didn't have our podcast, I'd be off social media for this week. <laughs> like I need to just, do you know what I mean? But like, this is a prime time for us to be like, we've gotten, um, and I know this isn't what it's about, but you know, we're in media, we're in pr production, we are pop culture. So we were, our responsibility is to provide our viewers and our fans with um, all of the latest news that as we get it. And it just, man, like I said, the more details that unfold, Hey, did you hear about girl? Did you know, girl, they just said, and it's like, okay, yeah. I can't take it. And I'm trying to just really stay on like, what is official? What's official. And I know there's still just a lot of questions surrounding what actually happened because they only have so much data to go off of. Um, apparently this helicopter didn't have a black box, wasn't required to have a black box and the black box, not only does it record like the audio from the cockpit, but it also records like the, um, the helicopter's movements and the, movement, the path yeah. and everything, all that type of data that, that can really track and they can figure out what happened, but right. they only have so much. Um, and they have like the pilot. I think the pilot's communication to the tower, I think his last communication to the tower was like 30 minutes before they found the wreck or something, or I don't know. They said it was like, he asked for clearance from what I heard from the press conference, what I think I heard, cause it was kind of technical, but it was something about, he asked for the clearance to go up because he was hovering super low waiting for the fog because they had been hovering for about 20, 30 minutes in a circle, just waiting, waiting it out. I'm sure nobody on board honestly thought anything was wrong because this is a, you know, very expert pilot, um, experienced pilot. And this is Kobe Bryant. Like this isn't no cheap shit. You know what I'm saying? So I'm sure everybody and the helicopter, and to add to that really quick, the helicopter, they said that this every, I forgot the hours, but it was like every, um, 12 hours or so. it, it was a, it was a short hour window that plane that helicopter would get maintenance regular maintenance it was up to date on all of its whatever it was the cream de la creme of <clears throat> of helicopter even though it was built in 91 which to me every time I watch wealthy like I watch like these boat shows and plane shows that a lot of these wealthy people they get old planes you know, yeah, so it wasn't uncommon for me to me. hear that it was a built in 1991. My thing was, okay, what about the maintenance? And apparently this, this helicopter was the, the shit. So I'm sorry to interrupt, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah, apparently it was. I mean, apparently I, it was. I did hear it was old. I heard it was like 10 years old, but 91, it was to 91. crazy. That's like damn near 30 years old. Right. Um, but I don't know any, I'm not no aviation expert. So I don't know if that's bad or good to have old plane or helicopter but what I have been seeing is that you know it was a few helicopters that were grounded in the area because of the weather LAPD said that they didn't deploy any of their helicopters out that day because of the fog and I live in LA and there's always helicopters circling around just random times of day night it's just normal to hear choppers in LA and for them to not be deployed off the ground and for air traffic control to make all of the helicopters that were in the air stay low and circle in the area until the fog cleared. It's just like, I'm not understanding why this pilot proceeded to go through the fog. Like y'all well, already knew the situations were dangerous. Apparently from what I thought I heard from that press conference was that he got clearance from the tower to go up after he had been circling super low for about 20, 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, why did he get clearance? Especially if damn LAPD is not even flying today. 
Like, I'm just not understanding. It's too many miss, missing pieces to this puzzle. I just need some official report, some official shit to come out. So they're based on the audio that I heard paired with, um, you know, one of these reputable places. They were saying that from what they know from the conversations that we actually got to hear, yes, he did get clearance because he was flying VFR, which is like visual, like, you know, the helicopter, he's flying based on what he sees, <clears throat> which is a common, I guess, practice amongst um, pilots. Then when it became to a point where he, I guess, weather conditions got bad, he was flying low until he could get clearance, like you just mentioned, to, so he could get, you know, some help. So what happened was, from what I um, heard, was that another way that you can um, fly if you're not doing BFR weather conditions is like IVR. Don't quote me, guys. It was, it was another form. Instead of doing it visually, it's more based on your instruments. And that requires um, assistance from the tower. Flight control, yeah. Flight control. The only issue with that is, is that they were saying that um, you have to wait your turn, no matter if you're Kobe or not. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you're, you have, you know, they had other people in line that they were helping. So that would require them to fly in a circle for about an hour or so, you know, until they, until it got to their turn. So right. he did get, he, he did reach, cause there had been rumors. It was like, why didn't he ask for help? Why didn't he do IFR, whatever the other one was? He did, and, I think. I and think he they... asked, this is where you were saying he asked, he did, he got clearance. He asked to, um, you know, have whatever happened so he could be guided. And they said they, he was flying too low to where they couldn't pick him up on the radar, which they would have to fly higher so that they could get, you know, see where he is because he was flying too low. Now, what we do apparently know is that the, the, where he was, when he was lower, he could at least see, he could see when he got higher to, I guess, get on the radar so he could be helped. It, it became, was like he was flying blind is what they said. He was, yeah. They were saying that the weather just got so bad and that whenever you are, and these are from other pilots, they were saying whenever in my um, brother-in-law, he flies planes. Um, and he was saying that you do become disoriented when you don't, when you can't see, it's almost like you're flying in a soup just of clouds. And as we know with airplanes, they can go as high as they can go above the clouds, above the fog. Helicopters don't have that same range. So when he got up so high, I guess the weather conditions got even worse. So he, they're saying they, they're not in his brain, but it, they're just basically saying it's not uncommon for, um, people to become disoriented. Like, Oh my God, what do I do? I panic. But my um, thing is the speed, because they said he ex decelerated or accelerated, whatever it was, very quickly. He like accelerated he, quick, and then he made a quick left turn, and then he decelerated. Um, and that was the mountain or something. He hit the mountainside, apparently. I don't know. I really don't know. It just, we don't know. Shit. We don't, we don't know. We weren't in there. We, 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 one, we weren't in the pilot's head. We still don't have all the information. They're still investigating. So it's hard to tell. Um, we just kind of have to go off what we do know, but, um, you know, again, it, it's so unfortunate. It's like, I just keep replaying those last few seconds. I'm like, okay, you know, did they know they were good? Cause I know how I am with turbulence. If I feel a plane go like this or like this, like I'm grabbing people who mm -hmm. I don't even know next to me, like, oh my God. 
From what I heard, they said it was like a 12 or 15 second, probably like drop reaction from the time that he started to ascend or descend really quickly and hit the mountain. So that's 12 or 15 seconds to figure out what is going on. But I mean, I don't, I just don't know. I've never ridden a helicopter or chopper, but I think don't people have have. to wear, don't people have to wear headphones? I'll never ride a helicopter again. For me, I always said this. The they said it's very I, dangerous. The first and only time I rode it was over the Grand Canyon. And Ooh, my family, girl, my family decided to put me in front for whatever reason. I think it was because I was the smallest at the time. And if you are in a helicopter, the front of the aircraft or whatever you want to call it, they don't have a floor. I mean, they have a floor, but it's clear. So you oh, see no. everything oh, underneath no. your feet. So Mm-mm. I'm flying and you know, it's like a lot of turbulence in a helicopter. No, so no, no, we're no. flying over the Grand Canyon and I'm just freaking out the whole time. I have these headphones on and my family's laughing at me because I'm just freaking out. Like I hate small aircrafts. I hate small spaces. I hate small. Planes. Yeah. And that's what I'm thinking about. It don't. So everyone in helicopter, cause I've never ridden it, but doesn't everyone have to wear the headphones? Everyone has to wear the headphones. Right. So I'm thinking they're all communicating with each other. Or they're hearing what the pilot's saying. Like everyone's probably just hearing what either what the pilot's saying or what each other are saying because of the I don't know if it's because of the noise or the or that. I don't know. I don't even remember why I had to hear whether I just remember everyone because it was four of us. It was the pilot, me, my brother, and my my brother-in-law and my sister. And we did, we all had, and I just don't remember, did I hear anything or was it because of the noise? Because they're very loud. See, and that's what I was thinking. I was like, I don't even know if you could talk to each other in that. But then I don't I know what type of chopper that is. That could be a very luxurious type of, and I don't know. As we know, in private planes, you're not necessarily required to do the same things you are in a commercial flight. I mean, yes, safety first, you know, in private stuff. But what I'm saying is you have a little more leisure because it's your plane. It's your, so who, we don't know. We don't, yeah. we don't know. We don't, we don't know. know. It's just, it's just a crazy time. And it's just like people, of course, when things like this happen, people have a million questions and they just try to figure out how could this be possible? Um, But you know, it, it is what it is. Um, Unfortunately, I posted this on our page, but you know, unfortunately it came out that TMZ was actually the first media source to leak this information. And they did so before, um, any of the family m- members were notified. Um, allegedly, Vanessa Bryant, she found out over social media. Oh, did um, she? Is that allegedly, that from the blogs I've been watching, they're saying sources have said that she found out by somebody showing her something what they saw on social media or hearing hearsay basically of social media and the hearsay got back to her. I don't know if she physically saw it or what, but she didn't find out from an official source. And the official source is usually before they release those names, a police officer's at your front door so right. that you don't have to learn that way. This news. And, exactly. I, and I'm sure they still did that, you know. They did, but formality, it was too late. but it was, it was too, too late. late. Yeah. It was too late. So it's just like it's in the LA Sheriff in particular, they chastised TMZ and was like, it's just despicable that they would do that you know and it's like tmc y'all make plenty of fucking money of course this is the probably the biggest story like nipsey and kobe are probably the two most shocking stories in the last year you know what i'm saying but it's like where where is the line crossed like how much does money mean to you over like human decency 
Right. Like, that's just disgusting. That's right. crazy. Like, why do you even have to be the first to drop it? Like, you, you're still going to get the same damn near same amount of views as if you reported it two seconds after it was dropped. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I don't understand why they have to be the first on awesome. stuff like that. When, you say, when it comes to stuff like that, yeah. I, we just live in a desensitized world now. It's just the times that we live in are very scary. You know, I say this all the time. Like, if I could just be me in the 90s, like, Girl. don't get me wrong. The 90s had their own shit. They had their own problems. But my God, like, I feel like, I do feel like there was a sense of decency and humanity and humility within our country um, that we just don't have now. Like, I mean, we have a joker as president. I mean, that's, that's, that's a whole nother episode. I'm just saying like oh. the times that we live in are very, very different, very, very scary. Um, and it makes me just more and more aware of like, okay, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? And I know that this death for me, um, about Kobe and the victims and all that kind of stuff and his daughter, um, it really just makes me soft. Um, anything that mattered that was so like insignificant at one point, it just doesn't matter anymore. Like I'm so, and I know that deaths do that from time to time, like Nipsey, you know, that impact a lot of people. I'm sure Tupac Biggie, I'm sure, you know, Whitney Houston, Michael, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of deaths impact certain people in different ways. Um, but there are certain deaths to me that I'm like, or certain events that even happen where it's like, okay, wait a minute. Like, what am I doing with my life? I was literally in my spin class talking about some mama mentality, like high key, what would Kobe do? Push through, push through. Like, I, I don't want this. I don't, I don't want this to be for me, uh, literally rest in peace post my day goes, I can't, first of all, I can't even go on. Like, I mean, I'm going on, but I, it's, it's so heavy that it's, it's really a conscious effort for me to move forward. Right. But I am trying to be more present in moments with the people that I love, more sensitive to their feelings, more, um, mm -hmm. just more present really is all I can really say. I'm not saying that make up with people who did you wrong in the past just because someone died fuck that no stay your ass back there i'm speaking to you know those small little dumb arguments that you may hold on to if you and your family member that you know you rocked with you know blah 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 like some stuff just doesn't matter you know i'm speaking to that kind of stuff and for yeah. me it just it, it it's hard for me not to want to be a better person when something like this happens absolutely yeah i think this is a very impactful uh passing you know it really just put Kobe's whole life in, you know, reflection, people are just like, you really were amazing. Like this man was really amazing. And he did get a lot of his flowers while he was here. You know what I'm saying? He really did. Um, but I think he's getting even more so now because he represents like a whole era, you know, like mm -hmm. most of us grew up with Kobe being like the top athlete, like yeah, throughout our childhood teenage adult For sure. years all i remember is kobe bryant i exactly. mean michael jordan i remember michael jordan but i was 10 when those when we were real games. young and then it was like we were really young and now it's kind of like lebron just represents like the death of an heir like it's just like it's it's crazy and yeah. i um i i found it to be interesting too he was on kobe was on um one of these like today shows a couple years ago and he was asked you know do you miss basketball do you miss it you know and he was like no and he said it so 
surely. And he was like, I don't miss it because I gave it all I had, you know? And at the end of the day, um, there is a fun finality to things. I tell athletes all the time, what are you going to do after this? Like, what, you know, there's something beyond this, right? And if you, you know, basketball lived within him. So the things that he learned and the principles that he took from basketball, the game of basketball, he, that's in him. That doesn't go anywhere. But he's like, as far as playing, shooting, all that kind of, he's like, no, I'm done. He's like, there's a difference between what you do and who you are. And I did basketball, but I'm not basketball. You know, I, that's not just me. You know what I mean? So I just found that to be so impactful because, it's so true. It's so true. It's like, okay, this man's character, like if he was a shitty asshole, like some basketball players that we know that just are a hot mess, it's different. But the reason why I feel like it did hit the way that it did is because his character spoke volumes beyond basketball. Like my God, you know? So it just, you know, it feels like the good guys always have to like take an L sometimes, you know, it's like, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. But if nothing else, um, I send my prayers to the Bryant family, all of the victims um, and their family members and their friends and their loved ones. Um, I really don't even feel like what I'm saying is enough, you know, but you really are in my thoughts and prayers beyond a post saying you're in my thoughts and I legit pray for you all and your peace and hope that one day you can just smile again and um, just move through all of this is really all I can say at this point. So we'll continue to follow the story and, um, as things develop, we'll, we'll make sure that we try to post and put out factual, actual factual from reputable, reputable resources as well, um, or channels. But until then I'm just posting memories like that Brandy and Kobe, video that was so cute it was so innocent it was so just like oh like it just is a good time just I just want to you know good memories so that's all I got mamba out <laughs> me out I'm just playing <laughs> yeah it's crazy yeah just keep wanna... us updated too Whitney on like LA and you know because I don't know. I just feel like they're saying that the um, the Staples Center may be too small for the funeral. So, I don't know. Would you ever go, if you if it was open to the public, would you ever go to, like, a funeral like that? Like, I know Nipsey died or whatever the case is, but, like, would you ever just, like, go, or is that something, if it was someone who you, like, admired, would you go to the funeral? Because I think Nipsey's was open to the public, I believe. So. so, yeah, they did, like, a lottery for Nipsey's, um, apparently, because it wasn't – they did, like, a lottery because um, okay. they didn't have enough seats, I think. But Okay. Um, I don't – I wouldn't want to go. No, yeah. it's not out of – it's not out of disrespect, but yeah. I just – I don't want to go to any funerals unless I absolutely have to go. Yeah, um, gotcha. That's just how I feel. Yeah. Um, I've dealt with death at a very young age. Mm -hmm. So like my first funeral I can recall is like five years old. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, I don't, 
really want to experience that unless I absolutely have to. And I just feel like I can respect him. You know, I didn't know him personally, but his energy, I never felt no bad energy with Kobe. Like even when like the whole like scandals came up and the cheating thing and the allegation, I just felt like, I don't know. I never felt like he was a scumbag. Like I felt like even if he had cheated or whatever, he tried to make it right. Like he went all the way to make it right. He bought Vanessa that big ass ring that was like in the media for a year and a half. Like he went out his way to like let everyone know that he had messed up and he would do anything to get that woman back, you know? So he always just seemed like a stand up dude. Like he just did to me. And it's just unfortunate. I think a lot of men are affected by this death because, you know, men sometimes they don't really process those emotions. But pe- Girl, these boys that grew calling. up in the 90s idolized Kobe Bryant. I know so many men that broke down and cried because of Kobe Bryant's death. Like A lot of my peers, I have two guy friends, they named their son Kobe. <laughs> so I immediately, when I found this out, I went to their page. I was like, how y'all doing? You know, like not literally reaching out, but I'm just like, what are they going to post? Cause their sons yeah. are named Kobe, my mm-hmm. husband, his friends, even though they grew up on Michael Jordan, they still know they grew, they grew within Kobe as well. And they full grown men, 40 years old, balling, crying, hot mess, hot mess. Yeah. It's hard not to be. Yeah. So So that's why I'm like, this death is really impactful, especially for people who just haven't dealt with that. Like I've always kind of felt like, oh, I got to like tell people I love them. I got to like show love because I don't know how long I'm going to be here. I don't know how long they're going to be here. Like I just always have that pending fear that, and I still do, but not as much. I'm not as fearful of it, but it still just like takes my breath away because I know at any point, everything could change in an instant. Like I'm aware of that constantly so when I when things like this happen to me it's more so like okay time is ticking Whitney and you got to really get your shit together as much as possible and keep pushing because like when people (laughs) like this who die at such a young age and they're so accomplished Mm -hmm. and I can't help but to compare my life to theirs and be like well damn like what am I doing? I got to keep it pushing so that when it is my time I feel satisfied with like what I did here you know, right. so right. that's just the main thing I'm taking from it and love, yeah. love on the people who love on you. Um, I do want to shout out, you know, because we are focusing so much on Kobe, like his daughter, Gianna, she was an amazing basketball player. They said she was just like, Kobe said he was, she was better than he was at his, at that age, you know, like she had potential, all her other teammates on that plane. I'm sure they have potential, their parents, all of those people. I know that people are focusing on Kobe so much because we grew up with Kobe, but you know, our hearts go to everyone affected in this horrific incident. Everyone. And I know, and also, um, the victims on that plane, I think, um, there was a mom and a dad and a daughter. So they leave behind Mm. a brother and a sister. Mm. So I'm like, they lost both their parents, you know, at at the very least, thank God Vanessa's kids have one parent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like my heart, when I found out there was a mom and a dad and yeah. a daughter and they had kids back at home, there's going to be like, like there because of all of that. And the fact that a lot of those people in that plane worked for Kobe's organization, Mamba, and this is a work situation. Like this has layers to it. Like there may be some legalities to it because these families are going to be impacted 
somebody has to be responsible on some type of level to pay insurance. All t- you know, you just never know. Like it's, this could get messy. It could get, I hope it doesn't get messy, but I do think there has to be like a investigation and a determination of what actually happened. So oh, yeah. they it, say it could take a full year for us I to really know, for us to really, really know it could take a full year. Hell, they just recovered all nine bodies. Um, like a day or two, like a day ago. Um, yeah, and I'm they, sure, ugh, I don't so they, think about it. Oh, Jesus. Um, and to identify them, you know, they had to do fingerprints because they, everybody Ooh. just looked different. So Ooh. what I'm saying is, it's like, you know, I know everybody wants more and more information, but this shit's got to bake. It's going to, it's for us to get lot. the real, real, it's yeah. going to take a minute because they've got to, and, they, and tr- tr- trust and believe they will piece this together. Oh, you they know, have they to. Will, they will piece this together. They have to. Um, but to. in the meantime, we're just spectators. And yeah. And so. this is just the beginning. Because like you said, we have yeah. it's going to be a funeral. That's going to be yep. public. The city, like, yes, y'all, LA can't take no more losses. Like, it, the people of LA, like, LA is its own little country in a way. And they have been They praise the Lakers and Nipsey Hustle and people, LA legends, LA legends that like, even if the world didn't recognize them, LA recognized. LA stands up. And I can feel like even in my office, everybody's wearing their Lakers jerseys in my office. And like, people are really devastated. You know, they turn some of the buildings into purple and yellow and um, put the number 24 on some of the buildings downtown. This is just, this is just, this is just going to take a while. I think for people to really um, get over this one. I don't think no one's ever going to get over this one, actually. All you can do is get through oh. it. Mm-hmm. Anytime anybody dies or any type of tragic, I don't think anybody ever gets over it. You feel that you feel it, you get through it and you move forward, you know, with it. Um, but I don't, yeah, nobody ever, I think gets over something. No. Um, you just figure out a way to manage your manage through it, you know? Yeah. So I do feel like Kobe would want us all. <laughs> I did in light of the situation. I saw a meme that was like, Kobe's looking down at us like, what the fuck you crying for? You know, like get your shit together. Like, what do you, did you go to the gym today? <laughs> like, You know, so I'm like trying to be, you know, like what would Kobe do? So I legit, like I told you, I was in a spin class. Like, Ooh, I need to sit my ass down. <sighs> nah, Kobe wouldn't do it. Kobe wouldn't do a mama mentality, mama mentality. <laughs> and it was like all white people music. So I really had to like zone in because that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> so yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. But rest in peace, Kobe. Rest in peace, Gianna. Rest in peace to all of the other victims. Um, and they're, you know, the people who they've lost, their loved ones, and um, will continuously, you know, y'all be in our prayers. Yep. Um, y'all can let us know your thoughts, feelings, emotions. You can hit us up um, at Melanin Me Podcast on Instagram, or you can send us an email at askmelaninme. Is that the email? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ask Melanin Me. Ask Melanin Me at gmail.com. Yeah. All right, y'all. All right. Until next time, Mamba out. Out. Mm-hmm.